because there's so much pressure. I want to first challenge all of us with this idea of if I have a young person in my life, who are they following? And as the adult that I am, who am I following? Because if you are also not being encouraged, inspired, pushed to get better, you will feel that you cannot be someone that your child will look up to. So you may actually give someone else the job of nurturing your child towards success. Because you feel guilty, you compare yourself. You look around and be like, hey, these other ladies are established men of Allah. Forsaking your role in a child's life. Because you aren't pushing yourself in the things that God has said you must do. Because your child will see it. Your child will know that you are also trying to get better. And that's how they become inspired. So in Proverbs 11, verse 14, it says, Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. So in this theme of Lift others up while you rise. My question is, look around in your life. Who's following you? Because you're supposed to also be wise for others to grow from. You have something to contribute. And there's something about knowing that someone looks up to you. It challenges you. It makes you step up. Because you realize I'm disputed. So if you can't identify with full confidence, you know, on my left, this person is following me, and on my right, this person is following me, and these are the people that I'm trying to do life with. You should leave today wondering who can I influence. Because it's important. You don't grow if you don't think someone else is determined to because we stay where we are. So the question you must ask yourself is, are you intentionally allowing yourself to be influential in the lives of people around you? So what that means is, this is on purpose, it's not by mistake, because it happens. You know, sometimes you do something and then someone tells you one day, you know what, when you did that thing, I, I, I go inside me. So you're now intentionally doing it. When I was starting the early days of doing youth work, one of the things I had to intentionally do was invite young people to my place. So I had bought a PlayStation and I was like, okay, one of the easiest ways to reach some of these boys was to invite them, and it mustn't be my mistake. So I must cater for them, I must figure out how they'll get home, and I must get permission from them. And as we built that habit of after every school term, whenever Saturday we would hang out, the group grew. But it only happened because it was intentional. 
It wasn't by accident, and it wasn't a one-time event. Influence is intentional. Influence is better than power. And what we are finding as parents is in our home, we assert our power, but we like influence. Because power reminds you what we know your boss. Influences I care about you and have got to know you. And through that you will to grow. So sometimes the the fights we're having with our children at home is that we don't know how to influence them. Because we don't know them. That's that's often the reason. So you use your power and power is not make you have any influence whatsoever. So the, the next question is, are you inviting people into your life so that they can learn from you? And you see, that question asks you, what is there to learn from you? So again, it comes back to the person. Until you realize you have value, you have so much to give, you will not invite people into your life to see you. To grow There's a book uh, called The Believer Factor. So the Believer Factor looks at how Jesus was a mentor to the disciples and how his discipleship methods are how we should all actually do that. Jesus hardly ever sent the disciples down and said, Lesson one, this is what you do. No, they learned with him. They, many of the lessons they learned was simply because they were near him. So, similar to how um, we were being challenged in understanding if a parent or an autistic child, what are they going through? You know how you only understand that? Is if you are near. You can't learn it from distance. You can't only even learn it from serving in church the one day. Go to their house. Hold them. Be with them. That's how we realize that we learn the most. So if you're not inviting people into your life, how are you going to lift people up? Because see, you could lift the person up, but in the most harmful, an uncomfortable way. Because there's a difference. If I will go right now and I will just grab Mark's hand here and just pull it up. I did lift it. She's out. It's sore. It's painful. And maybe she didn't want to. But if I would spend time with her and get to know her, how she would be lifted up is in a way that she's ready for. I can only do that if I'm close. Proximity. So, are you only teaching people with your words, or are you allowing people to see your actions and your mistakes? One of the secrets in helping people and lifting them up is allowing them to see where you do things wrong. We can't relate to people who are perfect. 
that's why when most people look up to celebrities, it's a silly, silly thing and it ends up misleading them. Because no one's perfect. And some of the best lessons I could ever learn is how you fix your mistake. Then But if we project perfection as church people, we make the Christian who's making mistakes feel like truly like they are committing. Because everyone else is not perfect. Life is working for people in the nothing's working like true to help the problem. Because we don't speak enough, we don't engage enough to be like, listen, I'm So now, as a married person, the young adults who are around me are allowed to see everything. So they even learn when people look at pictures of my children and they're like, oh, hey, Vianna, it's like a sweet child. They'll be the first to be like, ah, yes, Vianna. is rough because they see it. We don't pretend. Because they have to realize that they, they are ready to start their family. It must be a conscious decision. Just like in terms of being intentional about how we when Rick and I got married, even as a married couple, we allowed people to be in our space. And we could have frank conversations. So when conversations like, so when you want to have children, be very clear, like, listen, which are in your life. So we don't have kids there. When we have children, we know that it's no longer what they do with us. So we want to enjoy our marriage and then share the life with them. Or right now, I'm working from home, that's why I took a remote job. And I explained to the young people, I said, listen, I worked for four, five, six years in a high school. It was hectic, and I realized I often came home late. And what I don't want is for my and for Liana to relate to me in a way where I'm always late. I don't want to be helping other people's children and my own like so so I said to them, right now this season I'm going to be home and my children are enjoying it. And then it will stop because we also have to be realistic. I need to get back to a job that actually I deserve. So I took a step down from my life. But these are conversations, and you see, if, if I only portray perfection, this poor young man in my life would be confused. How sick he is to be No, I'm hungry, everything, I have to stop. You know, so when I, when I give them advice, they can be influenced by it because they have access to it. It's not a speech, it's how they do. So in Philippians 2, verse 3 to 5, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. When we want to lift other people up, we can also be seen as a hero, but if we care about the person next to us, lifting them up is less about me, but it's about you. 
only if I'm in a relationship with you will I know the difference. So the last challenge and how I'll end this is to talk about how things have more value when it benefits others. So we did this exercise. Uh, Reach for a dream always does this thing once a year when they want us to you know, buy the tag, do casual things, or wear slippers at school, and then go for a book course. So one of the assemblies was trying to encourage the kids to buy these things. Because they were like, ah, Sam, so in an assembly we said the following, we said, okay guys, with 10 rand, what can you buy here? It's like, sure.
So I think I've checked everyone and all of us with two hands. So I'm not being sensitive when I say the following. At the most basic, you should be able to lift two people. Because you have two hands. It starts there. Some of us have different callings. So for some of us, not only can we lift two people, we can build things that will lift more people. But we need to lift the truth that our hands say we can. And God will call you if you need to do more. So we need to do what we can. It's not a competition. Two hands, two people. Depending on your calling, you may 